Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. I don't know. Perhaps we can all count on Troy to bring us uh, the monsoon back this year so we can grow our pastures without using any extra water. Who knows? You know, it's uh, it's magnificent here when the, you know, with being in a special place like we are here in Arizona where we have two wet seasons with the monsoon and the winter rain. So sometimes we get lucky. Anyway, back to the phones. We do have two lines available. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Kathy in North Phoenix. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Kathy. I think I already had my question answered on the my Hong Kong orchid. I had planted two, and uh, I noticed one of them, the leaves are like brownish, spotty. I wasn't sure if that was due to... The cold weather? It's just the weather, and it's the time when, you know, normally they would have shed and been in bloom, you know, a month or two ago, but we've had such a beautiful winter, you know, just the one that Hong Kongs don't really love. They usually bloom in it, but, you know, they really like the heat, so I wouldn't be concerned at all. Okay, because the blooms on one of them are a lot smaller than the other, so I wasn't sure if that was watering technique or... Well, and it's, you know, probably a little difference in maybe how they're draining or how they're rooting and establishing, but uh, everything will be lovely with uh, Hong Kong orchids once it gets warmer, and it looks like we're going to be up in the 80s and 90s, and that's plenty enough to warm them up and get them started. Okay. I also have a question on my hibiscus. Uh, All of a sudden, the leaves are turning yellowish, and wasn't sure again if that was... Well, it's, it's pretty natural from this time of year to drop a lot of the interior older foliage. So if they're turning yellow on the inside and growing on the tips and exterior, that's exactly as they should be. Okay. And anything to do with anything I can do with grasshoppers? I started noticing they're coming out again. Well, really big what can work really well on grasshoppers if you want to be organic is a product called BT or Bacillus thungensis. It's the same thing we use for caterpillars. But if you'll spray that on the foliage if you're having a problem with grasshoppers, uh, it's toxic to them, but it's safe for the birds and the environment. So it's a good thing to use to eliminate you know grasshoppers and caterpillars. Okay. Thanks, Kathy. That was it. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, Tom and Carefree. No, Cave Creek. Hi, Tom. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking the call. I almost put you in the wrong part of town up there. <laughs> uh, we're close. I know you are. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, it's, 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 it's amazing how much fun people have up there in the evenings nowadays. You know, I, I mean, we used to go up there, you know, 35 years ago, 40 years ago. But um, my kids go up there now and kind of hang out some, and it sure looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, well, for the for some. Well, you got to stay <laughs> off the beaten track. I mean, you can't be right there on the on the road, or else it's going to be a lot of traffic. <laughs> yes. I have a question on Mexican bird of paradise. Uh huh. Is it too late to cut them back? No, you can cut them back anytime. And they're not going to okay. grow. You know, you really haven't missed any of the growth yet this spring either because it's been so cool. But uh, they're going to start to wake up now, and, and they're even more so than the. Then the, you know, the, the orchids we were talking about, you know, the birds paradise, they thrive on 110 and 15 and 18 and whatever. 
Over the years, mine have been very woody, mm-hmm. and I've noticed driving down the freeway, um, the ones planted along the interstate seem to be very green. Well, they cut them back. Like- they cut them back close to the ground. So if you cut them back close to the ground, do you water them at all, Tom? Yes. Okay. Yeah, if you have them like on a weekly schedule in the heat of the summer, they should be pretty lush. Okay. Um, one other question. Liquid amber. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking to... Are they available, and will they grow here? Marginally. Um, and you have a little bit better because, you know, you're probably on average about 5 degrees cooler than the valley. And your nighttime temperatures, you know, you could be 10 degrees cooler. Um, so you would have a better chance than most areas here in the valley, but they're marginal here at best. And if, okay, if you, you wanted to plant one, uh, you know, I don't have any in stock now. We could, if I were going to plant one, Tom, I'd plant it in the fall. So you'd be okay. better off to plant it in October. And if you mark your calendar, um, I can always bring them in. You know, liquid ambers are fairly popular in Southern California. And there's nice grafted varieties like Palo Alto and different ones that change colors better than the just generic ones. And I would be happy to bring those in for you. But it's just not really the right time of year going into summer. I'd plant them in October, November. That, that wouldn't be a problem. We're looking to do a donation for the Japanese Friendship Gardens. Oh, Since perfect. we can't grow maples here. They're similar, and they would like well, to they, put a few around Alto, there. Well, give you some color, yeah, and that would be a good one. Um, you know, there's other pistachios and things you can get color and plums and different things. But, yeah, maples here, it's just too hot and too dry. And liquid ambers are, but this is for a garden up in Carefree? From no, the, in Phoenix. Oh, the one Japanese down? Friendship Garden. Yeah, it, um, boy. It would have a different microclimate there around well, the garden. Well, it's got a lot of grass around. You know, it's got a lot of grass around, and, and uh, you know, that that's a fantastic garden, and it's a, it's a fun place for people to go visit and see. Um, but we, you know, you could certainly try one. You know, we could probably grow yeah. a ginkgo in there, too, if you want to. And, uh, okay. you know, there's a few different things. And there's a lot of Japanese gardeners around, though not as many as there used to be. But, you know, when I started the nursery business back in the, and I personally started back in the early 70s, um, most of my friends that owned major nurseries were Japanese over in Los Angeles. And uh, and they had come from the encampment days whenever they lost their land to become gardeners, and then they became nurserymen. And, uh, you know, George Miyasaka was one of my best friends and uh, amazing man that uh, his wife was a propagator and could grow anything. But here around town, too, we had a lot of Japanese gardeners and nurserymen that, uh, you know, that generation seems to have went away as more, and, and a lot of the children didn't stay in it. But between the flower gardens here and a lot of a lot of the landscaping and thing, a lot of really talented Japanese landscapers here in the valley. All right, well, thank you. Have a great Thanks, Sunday, Tom. And I, I won't put you in Carefree again. I'll leave you in Cave Creek, okay? <laughs> All right, thank you. Bye, bye, uh, Michelle in Phoenix. Hello, Michelle. Thank you so much for taking my call again. Um, question about roses. I am noticing that the leaves are definitely yellowing right now. They are not falling off. Okay. These are older um, interior leaves. Right Michelle, no, these, these... Oh, well, the, all the roses are new. Um, I planted them all in December. Okay. Um, anywhere from October to December, they were um, potted roses. Okay. And it's... So they're not really older leaves necessarily, but mm-hmm. they are typically the exterior leaves. Okay. Um, they did have a little bit of browning on them, suggested that maybe it was a little bit of frost, even though I did uh, well, cover Michelle, them. Well, Michelle, that wouldn't be frost. They, they don't really, they're not frost tender here in the valley. 
Okay. Browning on the edge would tell me that maybe they got a little too much fertilizer or too much salt. And um, salt would be kind of unusual this year because we have had enough rain early on to wash the salts away from a shallow plant land. You know, like, so I would think you might have given them a little too much fertilizer at one time. Okay. And I have not fertilized them yet, though. Okay. Not at all since you planted them? No. Okay. Since I planted them. Well, then it would, then it would tend to be salt. Um, how do you water them? Three times a week for 25 minutes on a dripper. And what's, how much water does your drip put out? Five, uh, five, five gallons. Five gallon. So you're putting on a couple. Mm-hmm. That's probably more water than you need as far as frequency, but maybe not as much as far as depth to leach them out. What I would do is run your, your drippers and just run them for a couple hours once. Okay. okay. And then come back and fertilize them. And uh, you can use, you know, there's lots of good rose foods out there. Whatever you find will probably be fine. 20, 20, 20, 10, 10, 10, or, or just a balanced rose food will do really well. And uh, okay. go ahead and feed them right now. They should be popping out all kinds of new growth. But on your watering, uh, where do you live? Yeah. What cross streets? Uh, Cave Creek and Deer Valley. Cave Creek and Deer Valley. So, yeah, your soil should drain fine. So, you know, really watering them, you know, once or twice a week is probably plenty of frequency. And water them one time extra just to leach the soil and then come back and fertilize right away. Water them again the same day. So you're going to get in this really big dose of uh, water with some fertilizer and take the fertilizer down into the roots. And and they should respond momentarily. I mean, you you should see a change in the roses within a week. Excellent. And then the best thing for aphids um, is still the soapy water, do you recommend? No, the best thing for aphids is going to be Mother Nature. You know, if we get some days where it's consistently over 95 degrees, aphids won't live. Um, It's unusual to have aphids this late, you know, but it's been really cool. And uh, it wasn't quite probably hot enough, long enough to wipe out the aphids last week, but they'll go away pretty soon. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Brian. Thanks, Michelle. Bye-bye. Christy in Gilbert will be up next, but first we have to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. While we're gone, we do have a line available. The number to call for Shira, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. But I always thought that I'd see you again. Won't you look down upon me, Jesus? You gotta help me make a stand. Just got to see me through another day My body's aching and my time is at hand I won't make it any other way Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain 
beautiful morning we're having out there, folks. Uh, glorious views of our sunny slope mountains today. And the lines are full, so we'll get right to the phones. Christy and Gilbert, good morning. Hi, Brian. Um, I bought three Southern Magnolias um, from Home Depot recently. Uh-huh. And um, I haven't put them in the ground yet because I'm uh, nervous that they're not going to do well. Um I live on an acre in that's irrigated, mm-hmm. um, and the house faces east-west. And the places I was thinking about putting them on the east side, but I'm unsure. Well, that would be the best. The- southern magnolias, if they're regular southern magnolias, aren't as hardy here as other varieties. You know, what I would recommend if you wanted to grow a magnolia here would be plant a D.D. Blanchard. And that one's going to take oh. the heat and do far better. D.D. Blanchard? Uh-huh. And it's going to have a two-tone leaf. It's going to be a darker green on the top and kind of a brownish to the bottom side of the leaf. So it's more of a two-tone mm. leaf. And But it will do better here. There are southern magnolias that are large around town. But uh, for the ones planted here and the volume that have been installed over the years, not many. Okay. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, Christy. Bye-bye. Right. Uh, let's see. Next, we got Mark and Mesa. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Brian. How are you this morning? Good. Good. Hey, two quick questions. I uh, always enjoy your show, by the way. Uh, we have about a 20 to 30 foot uh, long uh, wall where we have ficus along. Uh, the north side of it, uh, it does not get uh, reflective heat. Uh, the southern side of it uh, gets reflective heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's caught between... Uh, west-facing house wall, east-facing west wall, and the ficus in that area is doing very poorly. Uh, get quite a few that uh, are dying. It's been in about a year and a half or so. Okay, so this is on the uh, west side of the wall? It is um, the west side of the house. Uh, okay. The ficus is on the east side of a property divider. Okay. Uh, and then the west side of the wall gives off the reflective heat. Right. So, so how, And how wide is it between the wall and the house? Oh, eight, ten feet. Okay. So it's, they're not going to get very good sunlight down at the bottom, so they're going to be thin on the bottom. They should grow reasonably well as they pass the height of the wall. Right, and that's kind of what's happening, although mm-hmm. we're getting quite a bit of dieback. So um, our landscaper who put them in uh, suggested uh, taking that section out uh, that's not doing well, which is between the two walls, mm-hmm. and putting in uh, Indian laurel or ficus tree so that the bark... It's the same tree. There's, tree. No, there's no difference. The right. Same plant. And that's what... Yeah. Just between... Just so that there's bark uh, and we don't have to worry about the, you know, the dying... It, well, you, 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 you can trim the ones you have up as they grow long, you know, taller than the wall. They'll be the same thing. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, I like to right. sell plants, but not when they're not, not needed. And, you know, the reality yeah. is yeah. that there's yeah. no reason that those ones, the ones you have already existing, they'll do fine. Yeah. Once they get taller than the wall, they'll fill out and grow and do well. Um, you know, now's a great okay. time of year to give them extra love and attention. Feed them right now. Make sure they're deep watered and stand back. Would a tree, um, if the other secondary concern, mm-hmm. would a tree, the roots and so forth, be more difficult in that area as far as the foundation and the wall? Or you know, you, really with a ficus, you control the root growth by controlling the top growth, okay? So if you're going to grow okay. them up in there and hedge them, say if you're going to keep them 12 feet tall and trim them back yep. a couple times a year, then the roots aren't going to yep. expand and cause you any troubles at all. If you plant them there and Got just it. water them and take great care of them and let them grow and let yep. them grow into a 50-foot yep. tree, they're going to hurt something, you know? 
But that's okay. just how, right. how you maintain them. So you control the root growth on a tree by controlling the top growth on a tree. So if you don't let the got top it, expand, the roots aren't going to expand. You know, but the two got work it. together in the synergy of the tree. So if it gets water below, it's got sun above, it's going to get bigger. So you have to control the growth up on top. All right. So the ficus should do okay with that kind of heat. Ficus should do fine in there. You know, they're going to be bare in okay. the bottom. But from wall height yep. up, uh, they should be fine. All right. Do you have time for one other question? Yeah, quickly, because I got a full board. Yep. Um, we have a nectarine tree, a mature tree, probably 20 feet tall or so, uh, has uh, been a productive tree. Last year, we had no nectarines. This year, I have six, um, and I fertilize it uh, using AZ Best. Uh, citrus food. Um, really, have done changed really nothing. Any thoughts? Change it. Change it for a peach. <laughs> Peaches do much better here than nectarines, Mark. And make sure okay. when you plant right. your peach, it's low chill. Okay. It, it, which one I'm trying to catch? It's low chill, so it's going to need under 300 hours. You know, Desert Gold, Florida Prince. There, there's a dozen really easy peaches to grow here, and they're going to do better than okay. nectarines do in our climate. The little thrip, there's a little insect that gets on the flowers that kind of really scars up the nectarines, keeps them from fruiting yep. as well, and uh, that's yep. why peaches just do yep. much better here. Hey, appreciate the yeah, calls. Have, yep, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Uh, Cynthia and Phoenix, good morning. Hi, how are you? Excellent. Thank you for asking. So we have a, a 30-foot Palo Verde tree. When, and it, the green leaves are on it right now, is it too late to trim it? You can prune it any time. Any time of the year? Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go through its flower oh. cycle right now in the next couple of weeks. So if you'd like to see all uh-huh. the blooms first, depending on what variety of Palo Verde it is, some bloom you know sporadically all summer. Other ones bloom heavily right now. But most all the Palo Verdes will be in bloom here in the next week to 10 days. Okay, so I should wait till after or before you they know, bloom? If you enjoy the blooms, if you, if you, if you, want, if you think the blooms are messy, prune it now. You can do okay. it either way. It's not going to hurt, Cynthia, it's not going to hurt the tree either way. Okay, thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, Gordon in North Mesa. Hi, Gordon. Earth to Gordon. Come Hi, in, Brian. Gordon. Yes, sir. Yeah, Brian, we're right here. Hey, uh, got a quick question on uh, minor lemon. Uh, I looked at it today. It's had you know, all kinds of blossoms on it uh, weeks ago. Now I looked at it today, and I don't see any of them setting on. Is there something you know, I should just wait for? Well, what, what a good friend of mine, uh, Kyle Curtis from Yuma, told me. You know, we, we grow a lot of citrus, and Kyle, the Curtis the family, they, they grow even more. And, and he said not to look at citrus, and certainly if we're looking at the blue set right now, not to talk about it. Because I was. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what he told me this week. But, you know, honestly, uh, Gordon, on our, on our uh, Meyer lemons with the weather that we've had, you know, we've got a big grove. We've got 15,000 of them in one grove. Um, it looks like the crop set's lighter than last last year but you know you can't tell and the thing is with lemons versus other varieties the, le- the Meyer lemons will probably keep blooming and you might get some more fruit sets still so while they come out with that you know white we call it a popcorn bloom you know and the things bloom just prolifically um you know right. and 99 of those don't set you know i mean but one percent still a lot Okay, well, I'll just be patient. Yeah, just, just don't pay too much attention because there's nothing you're going to do to change it anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're Thanks, supposed to, it's like that prayer, you know, do do things about the things we can do that we can make a difference. And some things we just have to ignore. <laughs> Bye, Gordon. Nope. Yeah. Bye-bye. Uh, Nancy in Sun City. Good morning, Nancy. 
Good morning, Brian. Uh, I have a question. I have uh, like four oak tree, live oak trees, and I'm finding big, round, brown or white, hard mushrooms, but uh, round and spread out from underneath the uh, canopy all the way out to the edges. Uh-huh. Is that that's something I need to be worried about? Not necessarily, uh, but if, if, if they're bothering you, you just use two options. You know, you can get like a, a wedge and chip them over the, into the neighbor's yard. You pile them up over there. <laughs> And if that's not good enough sport for you, you can spray them with some Monterey disease control, which is a bacteria okay. which eats fungus, you know, so then the bacteria will be out there eating all the mushrooms, and that'll work okay. too. Oh, okay, great. Probably see more called- of them just because of the wetter winter we had, you know, in the weather, and, and you see a lot Yeah, more. I've never seen them before, yeah. and then there's so many, and they pop up, and I think, oh my goodness, and some of them, if you uh, go to remove them, they stay hard, but then there's some that break down to a black or a brown powder, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe that's not good for my trees. They're in rocks. So. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> not going to be a problem, and they're going to go away when it dries up and gets hot, but... You know, if, if you oh, want to eliminate okay. them, but they'll probably come back in the maybe even in the monsoon again this year. Um, so right. if you want to eliminate them, you could use like that Monterey disease control, and, and that'll okay. that'll eliminate them. And, and if not, you can let them be yeah. too. They probably won't hurt anything. You put it right on the mushroom. Yeah, you just spray right on the ground around them. Oh, okay. Yep. Great. Well, thank you for your help, Brian. Thanks, Nancy. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Uh, Chris in Queen Creek. Good morning, Chris. Morning. Last year, I had a trouble transitioning from the rye to the Bermuda. I'm sure you've gone over this many times this weekend already, but I shut my sprinklers off about a week ago, mm-hmm. and I've got some nice brown spots already. Okay. What, what's the next step? Um, I would probably leave them off for next week. Okay. Um, because it's been so cool and uh, been wet enough that it hardly needs any water. So, yeah, no sprinklers, you know, no love to that ryegrass. Don't mow it. Just let it let it be and leave it for probably another week and then come back and scalp right. it. And, uh, you know, it's going to supposed to be in the high 80s or low 90s next week, which isn't real hot. But it's going to definitely stress the ryegrass more than what we've had for weather so far. And uh, it, but it's going to take it a week or two drying out, to, and then come back after you get it all dried out. When it, all the grass looks wilted, dry, scalp it like you were going to plant a winter grass lawn, and kick the water back. Uh-huh. Okay, just back onto the normal Bermuda watering. Schedule. Yeah, but scalp scalp the uh, yeah. ryegrass. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Okay, all thank right. you, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have uh, Buell in the Santan Valley. Good morning. Hi, Brian. Hi. Say, uh, a question on, uh, I'm going to be planting a couple of uh, agarves or aloes, uh-huh. uh, and uh, I'm leaving uh, for the summer in two weeks, and I'm wondering, would it be okay to wait until when I come back in December to plant these? Absolutely. You can plant aloes or agaves, either one, you know, anytime, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, the, the thing yeah. about it is you'd have to make sure that they were getting watered, you know, while you're gone. And if you're not well, here, I'm not, yeah, yeah, that's what I worried about. So. Are you putting them on the irrigation system or not? Uh, yeah. Well, if you are, I mean, yeah, the thing about be, it is, you also gain a lot of growth. You know, by by planting them this time uh, of year. If you want them to be larger, I mean, they're going to grow a lot all summer. Uh, that's when they grow too. So it's up to you. But you can plant them anytime. They don't take. Uh, I'm worried about it getting too hot for them, and I'm not here. You well, see. it depends on the varieties yeah. you're planting, but you know a lot of the agaves are, you know, acclimate to come from this type of a zone where they don't mind the heat at all. 
you know, and the aloe is very subcute. Well, they need to be on a regular drip system with probably watering at least weekly in the summertime. Uh, Plants. Oh, very good, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like Troy snuck in the newsroom here, so we're going to find out what's happened after the news with Troy. We'll be back. In the meantime, Shira's got a couple lines available. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's Shira, Troy, and Brian here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. Sunday morning here in Sunny Slope. Looks like the lines are full. We'll get right to the phones as one's gone. One will be available. All you have to do is uh, give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. Claire and Tempe. Good morning, Claire. Hi. First, I want to say I'm really enjoying the tunes this morning. Well, thank you. Um, Shira has yeah. fun back there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, a couple, yeah, I guess a year or so ago, we bought a fire stick from you guys mm-hmm. and planted it in the pool area, which is fenced off, so nobody really goes there. But the thing is that um, we want to prune it because it gets really large. Mm-hmm. And I just heard on the radio this morning on your show that it's toxic. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that without somebody getting sick. Well, a couple of things you want to do. Number one, if you're pruning plants, that are you know going to be toxic. Uh, it's good to wear glasses, okay? So eyeglasses or goggles or something, okay? And the biggest uh, problem with the sap is if you got the sap from when you cut them when they when they bleed into your eyes, and that's going to be your biggest way that you know these toxic things could harm you. So it wouldn't be a bad idea. You could wear gloves or not wear gloves. But the most important thing is just to be mindful of what you're doing and not to get the sap from the plant on your hands and into your well, your eyes, your face, your mouth, you know, really can just be cognizant of that. And if you do that, they're pretty safe, you know. You don't want to consume them. You don't want them in your eyes. And if you don't do those things, they're not going to harm you. And make sure that when you're finished pruning, either throw away if you had some plastic gloves or you could just wash your hands with soap and water, you'd be fine. Um, what about if we wanted to just dig it out completely? No, you can take it out. No, you you can take it out completely. But you know, they're such a beautiful plant, you know, and they're common here and they're popular. And there's there's no reason. I mean, I certainly wouldn't, you know, fear having one in my yard. Uh, You know, we grow them in the nursery because they're they're beautiful and people use them in their landscape. And the reason Mm -hmm. why we give you these warnings, we just want to be mindful, you know, so you you understand not to get them in your eyes. But the plant in itself out in your garden is not going to harm anything. You know, pets aren't going to eat them. You know, I mean, it's just going to be a plant that grows there. But it's just whenever you mm-hmm. do decide to prune them, either have somebody else prune them, that, you know, the professional pruning, the people that are familiar with them. Or if you get a pruning yourself, just make sure you don't get the sap into your eyes and your mouth and you'll be fine.
fine. Okay. Um, okay. So literally into your mouth. I mean, just breathing the. No, nothing. That's not. Air around, no, it's not you? going to have. It's not going to release any toxic thing that's going to bother you. Okay. You know, the only thing is that just, the biggest problem with, with these types of plants is having sap on your hand and then rubbing your eyes. You know, and I, I'm one who always gets in trouble from my own mom. Still, you know, even though I'm sixty something, she tells me quit rubbing your eyes. You know, but I just want to <laughs> warn you: don't rub your eyes. So wear glasses if that if that's going to you know make sure. You don't rub your eyes. You can even wear like little safety glasses would be fine. And just make sure you wash your hands when you're through pruning and you won't have any problem at all. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Claire. Bye-bye. Let's see. Next, we have Carol in Phoenix. Hi, Carol. Hi, Brian. How are you? Oh, enjoying a beautiful day. I know. It's so pretty. I live by your um, nursery over here um, on Glendale. Absolutely love it. I love that nursery. Love it. Anyway, I want to ask you about mini roses. I've got three little uh, mini roses that I bought. I planted them three weeks ago in a barrel facing mm-hmm. south. I okay. want to know. Now, I didn't I didn't fertilize them when I first got them. Um, so, and I just fertilized them with rose food yesterday. Do I need to do anything else? They should be set, you know, then they'll do well in a container. The mini roses, I think, are prettier in a container anyway. And uh, yeah. and they'll do great in a barrel. Okay. That's really all I needed to know. I also found some nasturtiums. Is that what they call it? Nasturtiums, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I bought those at your place because you were the only ones that had them. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, we appreciate anyway, you yeah, coming by I and seeing this, I, I, I absolutely love your nursery. And for those of you who haven't been to it, you got to go. It's like a fairy tale out there. It's beautiful. Well, we have fun so. there at my grandparents' old. You know, when my grandparents brought that property back in the 40s, Glendale yeah. was a dirt road. And, uh-huh. and when I started oh, working yeah. there, it was mainly, we had a little nursery, but it was mainly a yeah. citrus grove. But we've had a lot of fun. Oh, there. It is just beautiful. I just love it. But yeah, I've been here all my life, too. So, but um, I, I just love it. Okay. Thanks, Thank Carol. You, Brian. I appreciate Have you. You are so good. I listen to your show, and I get so many different ideas. So thank you. Have fun. Bye-bye. Uh, Judy and Mesa. Good morning, Judy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I couldn't wait to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you always tell me the right things. Okay, I purchased that absolutely gorgeous orchid tree from you 15 years ago. Remember, you came out to see her. And um, I, I and she's gorgeous. In fact, she was all in bloom two weeks ago, and the FedEx man came down the street and said, oh, my gosh, I can smell her from two houses down. <laughs> but, but, okay, but every time the weather changes like now, mm-hmm. Now her leaves are yellow. Does that mean I watered her too much or not enough? It means the weather changed. Pardon? It means the weather changed. So it's going to, you know, the orchid tree, Judy, is going to drop a lot of leaves right now. I mean, they're beautiful. You know, they're one of the prettiest trees in bloom. And it, yes. it lives here in the valley. Yes. However, they're yes. very messy as well. So when the weather changes, it's going to drop a lot of leaves right now. And then right behind that, as it warms up, it'll come out with a lot of new growth. So yellow leaves does not mean it's overwatered. No. Hong Kong orchids are fairly drought tolerant. You know, really this time of year, if you're watering a big one like that once every two weeks is plenty. And, uh, oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's so, deep enough irrigation, that's plenty for the summer. 
So I didn't overwater. Well, we've been watering her all year. We have her on an automatic system. Mm-hmm. So now that it is summer, maybe she shouldn't get as much. Well, no, summer, you'd probably be the time of year you want to give it more. It hasn't needed water at all since December. You know, we, you know, uh, really? our, our citrus groves in East Mesa, you know, we didn't water those from the, after the first week of December with all the rains until again on the first of March. Now we were an area that got more rain than some places, but the orchid tree is yeah. also more drought tolerant than a citrus tree. So, you know, it doesn't need to be watered oh, all the time, you know, but it needs to be watered pretty deep every couple of weeks. And if you'll do that, you'll just go through the cycles when it's dropping leaves and dropping flowers and dropping all kinds of things, okay. but it will also smell good enough for the, FedEx guy to love it and be beautiful. Judy, thanks for the thanks for the call. Have a nice weekend. Thank you very Bye-bye. much. Oh, can I ask you one other question, really quick? Really how quick. Deep should I plant, how deep should I plant my tulip bulbs? Uh, you know, I'm not a big tulip farmer. I couldn't tell you as much. Oh, so okay. I, I, I would right. ask uh, you, you call and talk to the girls at the nursery. They could tell you more. But I I, I've, you know never, I've never really grown tulips because they don't bloom I long enough for me. Lady- I heard that lady say how great her nursery is. Well, yours over here is fantastic, too. I mean, we just love it. <laughs> well, so thank the, you uh, so much. Jennifer and the gang out there do a fine job. Thanks, Judy. Well, thank you. Uh, James in Peoria. Good morning, James. Yeah. Good morning, Brian. Hope you guys are doing well. I just have a couple quick questions. I have a, uh, a fairly new planted Chinese pistache, mm-hmm. and it's about a year old. It's been in the ground. Um, so I'm worried about two things. One is overwatering. Mm-hmm. Last year, we watered it pretty regularly, you know, because it was hot and it was new, and I wanted to make sure it was going to succeed. But this year, like, it's it was slow to bloom, but now it's looking great. But I'm worried about sun scald on the, on the trunk, so should I wrap it? And two, when should I start watering it and how often? How large in diameter is the trunk on it, James? You know, it's probably maybe six inches. Okay, so chances are, maybe. unless you lifted the canopy up pretty high, it's probably got enough canopy to shade the trunk to be happy if it's if it's got a six-inch diameter trunk. But if you're concerned at all, it's not going to hurt to wrap it, and, and so that would be fine. And then watering, pistachios really don't like to be too wet. You can have problems with fungus they are. Probably the maximum frequency for pistachios weekly. I'm sorry, say that again? So the most frequent you would want to ever water a pistachio, even in the heat of the summer, is once a week. You know, for now, if week. it's established, once every couple of weeks is plenty. Yeah, and you know, that's the big question is, it, everywhere I read it says, once it gets established, how do you know when your tree's established? Well, you usually can't establish on a tree anything more than a year in the ground. Okay, great. Well, I sure appreciate you as always. Thanks, James. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Judy in Northeast Phoenix. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, enjoying this beautiful day. I know, right? Well, while I was gone for uh, several weeks, everybody sent me every one of their weeds. (laughs) So, I need to know, do I pick them or just cut them and spray them? Are they in lawn or rock or what are they in, Judy? They're in the lawn. They're in the garden. They're in the rock. They're in the gravel. They are everywhere so i have a forest in my backyard in the lawn if you just mow it real short okay and you fertilize it the lawn's going to choke them out it'll take care of them um most of the weeds that you have growing out in rock right now are going to be annual weeds so that says that they're going to die pretty soon unless they get some other source of water but you know it's one of those things probably mechanically cleaning them you know pulling them out or you know getting them out is going to be necessary to clean it up anyway so, right. you know, you could you spray them if you want to or just get them pulled out or but they're going to have to go. 
And uh, oh yeah, you know the ones in and around the plant beds. You know we're going to be watering still. Are going to they're going to last a little bit longer. So you'd want to probably pull those out if you wanted to put some pre-emergent in to stop the summer weeds it would work. But the summer weeds really aren't up yet. The spurge and different things. Most of what's up right now are all winter weeds. So they're going to die unless they're perennials and uh, and just leave the residue of dead plants around your yard. So, gosh, I hate to tell you, but yeah, the, the, the answer is to get, get rid of them. Oh, yeah, because I have a forest. Well, the, the lawn's Alrighty. easy. The grass, the grass will dominate. But uh, everywhere else, uh, unfortunately, I think you have to remove them. Judy, thanks for the call. Alrighty. Have a nice weekend. Happy Sunday. Happy Poland. Bye-bye. Right. Um, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. While we're gone, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We're every Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM, KTAR. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Sunday morning, and I want to take a minute to invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. From citrus trees to, you know, fruitless olive trees, mesquites, palo verdes, ironwoods, all kinds of palm trees. We grow them right here in the valley. Hundreds of acres, thousands of trees, and we love all customers. You know, if you want one tree for your house, come out and see us. If you need a thousand for a development, come out and see us. If you want to put in a palm garden, the citrus grove, hey, would love to, would love to have you. We also have beautiful roses right now and a lot of great flowering shrubs. So if you want to get a rose bush in for, for Mother's Day, uh, perfect time to come by and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in the Valley for Arizona's future and all around the state, too. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Lindsay in Phoenix. Hi, Lindsay. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Lindsay. Uh, see you, trees. We have two Vitex trees from your nursery mm-hmm. that um, our neighbors gave us, and um, they lasted through last summer in five-gallon pots, okay. and then we thought they died, um, but because uh, we, we hadn't planted them, but they um, they survived. The leaves are all back, and they're looking really healthy, and we're realizing we need to get them in the ground. And so my question to you is, how big of a hole for a five-gallon um, 
uh, tree should we dig uh, deep and wide so that they do well? Well, I would have the other, you know, your, you know, your partner dig the hole. And I, and I would tell well, them. Well, yes. Yeah, I, I would just tell yes, them right up front right now, they, they need a hole six feet deep and six feet wide. And then I would smile at them. You know, and he's, he's standing here laughing. Well, yeah, so that, you know, and he should be digging this hole six foot because he wants this little tree to really grow, right? And and then yes. go to the canal and catch some catfish. You can't catch the white American carp because they cost us money and they eat the moss. But put a couple catfish in there, and uh, but oh, if, if that's okay. going to be too much work. Um, ideally, what you'd want to do is, is dig a hole that's going to be probably twice as wide and twice as deep as a container, and then backfill okay. the bottom part of it with some mulch mixed about. 50 50 okay. then pre-water that hole so that that settles down in the bottom and make sure when you plant your vitex you plant them back the same depth as the cans and because they've been okay. in the cans a little extra long if you take like a butcher knife or a curved carpet mm-hmm. knife or like a razor blade knife and just slice the roots on the side before you plant it so they don't girdle and go around that would be a good idea as well and when you water okay. the first time just throw the hose in the hole and water from the bottom up and that'll take out any air pockets you might have Oh, okay. Okay. When you say 50-50 for the mulch, uh-huh. 50%, 50% dirt of- that came out of the hole with 50% mulch. Oh, okay. And you okay. can use less okay. mulch and more dirt. That's fine, too. You just don't want to have more mulch than 50%. Okay. Thank you. And then what time of year is the best time to plant citrus? Today. Today, okay. Great. okay. <laughs> I mean, really, uh, you, so much, you can plant citrus anytime in the spring. They do really well. Uh, we end up planting our groves always in the summertime because we're always so busy with everything else. But, you know, truthfully, okay. you can plant uh, citrus anytime year-round, not from containers. But the best time's in the spring. In the spring. Okay. Thank you so Thanks, much, Lindsay. Brian. You Bye-bye. take care. You too. Have fun. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Troy and Chandler. Good morning, Troy. Hi, good morning. Hey, this is a grass question. Um, we've had our place for about seven years. Grass is uh, kind of dry in a lot of space, places, and it kind of like the ground, it, it won't soak in at all. So not sure, is aerating uh, a bad idea? No, aerating is a great idea. And when you aerate, you want to come okay. back and add some gypsum. And this is the perfect okay. time of year to do that. So if you would, you know, Scalp it as close as you can, or else you could bring a, a verticutter, which verticuts it and power rakes it, which you're really just tearing out all the rhizomes back down to nothing, and then come through and aerate it and put some gypsum down, then follow that up with just some regular, like, 21-7, you know, 14 lawn fertilizer. It, it'll come mm-hmm. back with a vengeance. Okay, great. What, uh, now, crabgrass, there's a lot, but uh, we'll, we'll... The uh, Bermuda grass will probably choke most of that out. I mean, if you know, if, if you wanted to go ahead and spray the crabgrass, you can. Um, but the Bermuda okay. grass will choke it out, you know, when, when it's healthy and then, and then it gets a little warmer. Okay. All right. Great. That was it. Thank Thanks, you. Troy. Bye-bye. Uh, Bob and Mesa. Good morning, Bob. Hey, good morning, Brian. Um I've got two beautiful uh, oleander uh, shrubs in my backyard that are doing just fine. However, the other day I was walking around the neighborhood and I saw some neighbor having like an oleander tree, mm-hmm. you know, with a long, slender trunk and then the oleander uh, flowers up on top. And it was gorgeous. 
uh, can I do something with my uh, shrubs in the back to uh, make uh, make them into a tree? Uh, you can, Bob. You're going to find that they're going to sucker a lot. Maintaining them right there at the base, you know, is going to be difficult. Um, depending on uh-huh. how how they've been pruned in the past, how old are the ones you have at your home? Uh, they're about four years old. Okay. So if you uh, look down at the base and you see that there's only like maybe three or four main trunks coming up, you know, and they haven't been pruned back heavily, uh, you can thin those uh-huh. out and bring them back up. And you can either have a multiple trunk tree with three or four trunks, which might be easier for you, or you could, you know, pick a trunk out and stake it and make it into a tree. Okay, great. I'm going to try that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bob. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Chris and Glendale. Good morning, Chris. Hi, Brian. Quick question about my compost bin. Uh-huh. I went out to turn it yesterday. Uh-huh. It had all white powdery stuff all through it. Mm-hmm. Am I doing something wrong? Oh, it could be a little fungus in there, and that, that can happen. Uh, what you'll probably want to do is aerate it a little bit more. Well, I just did. Okay. I got in there, and but I wore a mask just in case. Is yeah, that well, it's not a bad idea? But at yeah. any rate, um, what you also might want to do is add a little more nitrogen to it and make make uh, it a little bit wetter. Okay, and nitrogen just nitrogen, how do I do that? Well, nitrogen could be like urea, or ammonium sulfate for synthetic, or okay. it could be just you know just just some form of nitrogen. If you want to add it in organic, you'd put in chicken manure or fish emulsion, but something okay. to get more nitrogen to help the composting process nitrogen okay very good i was just worried i ruined the whole thing no you'll be fine (laughs) thanks chris thank you bye-bye uh Rhonda, i'm going to take you off the air folks thanks for all the calls today hope you enjoyed the program come out and see us at the nursery it's a beautiful time to plant and it's a great time to hang out with friends and just enjoy this lovely weather we're having in the valley we'll be back with you next sunday with the whitfield nursery garden show and appreciate you being part of the program